seems like you and Christian Watson are, hey, seems like you guys are going to have a lot of those. What changed it was the over the shoulder catch. That was a difficult catch. Yeah, nice inside release. He reverse stacked uh, to a catchable ball. And he made, you know, his first, like, real big play in the league. And then he went down and showed us what he showed us in practice a few weeks ago. Did a backflip. <laughs> just kind of uh, uh, showing the world how athletic he is. Uh, there were obviously other moments uh, at times for him to, for him to have you know, some big plays. It didn't happen, but I really feel like this can be a course, cor- uh, course correction to uh, who knows what's at the level for anybody. When you go out on national TV and you have that kind of performance, you know, I don't care if it's Devontae Adams or a rookie. You know, when you go out and ball out and have three touchdowns in a game on national TV at a primetime slot on Fox like that against uh, you know, a really good opponent, uh, that's got to help the confidence. So really happy for him and, uh, and excited to uh, see what comes out of this. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I'm pissed. To quote one of my favorite Key and Peele skits, I am pissed. Royally pissed. And I'm also very sad. I'm also very depressed. Two different emotions for two different reasons. I'm upset. I'm pissed. Because the NFL has decided to move Buffalo versus Cleveland to Detroit this weekend. Now, there's going to be 70 inches of snow falling in less than 24 hours. That's what the forecast says, including high winds, possibility of thunder snow. I understand why they moved the game. But I'm pissed because I love snow football, and it would have been an awesome game to watch, and I want to see if Josh Allen can really sling the pill through the gales of November. I'm upset. I'm mad that we're being robbed of an opportunity to watch that, but I completely understand why. Like, people's cars are going to get buried. You just can't do it. It's not safe. That makes me upset. I am sad. My heart hurts. I'm I'm bummed because I know all over the country at this moment in time, there's countless, probably millions of football fans, NFL fans that are confused and, and they don't know what to do and they don't understand. And they're wondering, but why? Why do the gales of November come early? Why do the Great Lakes do this at this time of year? Obviously, Buffalo positioned between Ontario and in Lake Erie. Well, why does this happen? My heart goes out to all those people. But of course, in this community, in this group of friends we have right here, we're well aware of why the Great Lakes do this because we talked to an expert two weeks ago today. I mean, we were all over it. Rick Mixer told us exactly why. And if you're like, Grant, I missed that show. What what, what do I do? Well, first, you can go check out the podcast. There's a podcast available of that full show, but there's also a podcast of just the talk about the Great Lakes and the Edmund Fitzgerald and the weather on the lakes and why the weather does what it does. So you can go back and find that. Uh, I also may have, just maybe, just as a little treat to myself, saved the audio, the 60 seconds of our wonderful guest, 
uh, who knows so much about this topic, Rick Mixter, about why the lakes do this. They heat up the cold lakes. The Lake Superior is about 35 degrees at the bottom. And during the summertime, we at least get the surface layer that heats up. So during the fall, they try to evap- evaporate as that heat tries to dissipate as the snow comes in. So imagine all that moisture coming up. And then you get these Gulf storms with this thick, thick, you know, heavy weather that comes up that's warm, colliding with the Arctic fronts out of Canada. And it just creates these weather bombs that just devastate the Great Lakes. So, <sighs> The gales of November robbing us of a snow game. And we know why. We're educated. The rest of the country, I, I worry, they're not educated on the gales of November off the Great Lakes. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an awesome night. We have Packers, Titans, Thursday night football. I'm really excited for this game, and I'm really excited about the Packers' prospects of winning this game and making it two in a row. Two wins at home in four or five days. So we have that coming up, and we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. Mike Clemens is going to be here in the second half of the show from Lambeau to give us the latest. He can tell us the smells and sights and sounds of Lambeau. He'll be there. So we'll talk with him live from the scene at 530, and I have some Packers-Titans takes. We're going to hear a little bit from Christian Watson in preparation for this game as well. That's all coming up. But, of course... Let's start little hoops talk. Step into the NBA lounge. We're going to do that in a minute. Remember, you can call and text the show 608-796-2558. And you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. If you're new here, first of all, welcome. We start every Thursday show, uh, almost every Thursday show, by stepping into the swanky, sultry vibes of the NBA lounge and talking about hoops. The Bucks played last night. What an awesome game. The Bucks vibes coming into last night were a little deflated, and last night was great. It was awesome. I did not expect them to win that game at all for countless reasons. We're going to finish with that in about 8, 9, 10 minutes. There's a couple of other big basketball stories that I want to talk about, some of them related to the Bucks, some not. So that's where I want to start tonight's show. A blanket statement, public service announcement to begin the NBA Lounge. <sighs> the Celtics are really good. They're really, They're really good. And that makes me very sad, but it's true. And I'm committed to the truth on this show. I call balls and strikes. There's no personal agenda here. They got a lot of wings. Wings are important. Wings might be the wide receiver of the NBA. So imagine if the Packers had a bunch of really good wide receivers. Yeah, that's basically what the Celtics are. A lot of guys you can defend. And if Brogdon and Brogdon, if Malcolm Brogdon and, uh, Robert Williams can stay healthy. I just, I, I hate the idea of playing this team. I don't want to dwell on this stupid team, but it's true. And I, I got to put that on the Wisco Sports Show record. Another team I wanted to talk about rather quickly, the Atlanta Hawks, because it's a team that the Bucks have played three times already this season, twice within the last week. And they've lost to the Hawks twice. Now they haven't had Chris Middleton for any of the games. They haven't had Drew Holiday for two of them. And they haven't had Pat Connaughton for the entire time. Now, the Hawks appear to be the team that we thought they would be coming out of the East last year, coming out of the Eastern Conference Finals, coming out of the East minus the Bucks. I guess I should say, because I thought last year the Hawks were going to be that team. It's like, man, so many young guys, so many great role players, so much athleticism, so much shooting, and they just never really got off the mat. This year's team is a little different, and we've seen it twice against the Bucks. First, defensively, they're a really tough matchup for the Bucks because they have big strong forwards and strong centers that can defend Giannis without fouling. Clint Capella, who looks incredible this year, as good as he's ever looked, he can defend Giannis without fouling. Onyeka Kongwu can defend him without fouling, and he's added to his offensive game this year. Really good touch. And DeAndre Hunter and John Collins are both big. 
I think DeAndre Hunter will become a great defender. He's obviously very young. John Collins is big. He's a soft defender, but he's at least big. The Hawks can stress the Bucks defense too, especially Trey Young, right? Because the Bucks take away the three-point line. They take away the rim. Well, Trey Young can paper cut you to death in the middle of that zone with runners and floaters, and then he'll do that annoying thing where he basically sprints into Brooke Lopez, who's standing still, and then gets the foul, which is disgusting, and he just plays a shameful brand of basketball, but he is very good. Also, you know Marjan Bochamp looks like a great role player for the Bucks right now? The Hawks draft like two of those guys every year. Now they have Jalen Johnson, who looks good, Nicolay Product, Wisconsin guy. A.J. Griffin looks great. Now, if the Hawks have matured and maybe the trade from San Antonio helps them a little bit, DeJounte Murray, if they've matured and they can grow up a little bit, maybe they can accomplish what they couldn't do last season. It's humble pie a little bit. The year after the year after type of thing. That's where the Hawks are. Another Eastern Conference team that the Bucks are going to play, Brooklyn Nets. Already played them once. I don't need to talk about the drama of, well, where do you begin? Kyrie Irving. Don't need to talk about that. Don't need to talk about Ben Simmons. Kevin Durant did talk to Chris Haynes the other night, just hours after getting smoked by the Kings. The Kings, by the way, scored 153 against them. (laughs) It's the most votes they've scored in 29 years. Few quotes I want to share from this. Uh, Right at the top of the article, and Bill Simmons pointed it out. It's a good point. Third line of text, as if to say, hey, even if you don't read the whole thing, even if you don't read the whole interview, this is important. Rival executives are monitoring Durant's temperature in hopes of another trade request. Hmm. Interesting. Seems a little wishful. Kevin Durant went on. He explained his trade request. This is always interesting. Quote, it wasn't difficult at all to request a trade because it was about ball. I went to them and was like, I don't like how we're preparing. I don't like shoot arounds. I like practices. I need more. I want to work on more stuff. Hold me accountable. Get my ass in film. If that's what you're going to do to help everybody else's head. I want more closeouts. I want to work on more shell drills. So he's talking about all these things that he wants to do at practice. And I'm reading this thinking, man, you could probably swing this. You're Kevin Durant. Like, you could probably say, hey, we should practice a little harder. It's like if Aaron Rodgers didn't like how the Packers were practicing. He could say something to Coach LaFleur and it would probably get done, right? He could meet with the coaches and say, hey, this isn't enough. We're not doing enough. Seems like something the best player could do and do easily. I don't don't understand maybe why Kevin Durant didn't do that. And he said he did. He said... He's, and this is kind of funny to read. It wasn't like, yo, y'all need to make sure everyone around me can make my life easier. Hell not. Nah, I want to make everyone else's life easier. Ask Steve Nash. You can call him right now. I would say, yo, I need more closeout drills. We need to practice more. That's what I was on. Interesting. Wanted a harder practice. This is the best quote of the whole thing because it reminds me so much of Aaron Rodgers. Let me read this to you and just try not to laugh so hard you drive off the road. In year 16... Durant says he takes pride in remaining a top-level player and wants to set an example for how a player can maximize situations that may not be ideal. He said the Nets don't measure up with the best teams in the league on paper, but he hopes to instill confidence in his teammates that they have a legitimate chance against anyone. Here's the quote. Look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. So if you're watching from that lens, you're expecting us to play well because I'm out there. So to recap, it's very Aaron Rodgers like to say, hey, this year it's all about me instilling confidence in my teammates. And then the next quote is, my teammates aren't very good. The only reason we're good is because of me. (laughs) It's just, it just reeks of Aaron Rodgers. And it's so funny. It's just so funny. Last thing before we get to the Bucks and talk about last night's game. 
Shout out to Timberwolves fans. Really quickly, I just want to say something about the Gobert trade. So I was watching the Wolves. The Wolves beat the Magic the other night, and that was nice. But I've been watching a lot of the Wolves. I hate watching the Wolves. Sorry, Minnesota fans. A lot of takes being thrown around this summer. A lot of people compared it to the Herschel Walker trade, the Rudy Gobert trade. And then we talked to some Minnesota folks. We're like, no, 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 not the Herschel Walker trade at all. I would like to go on the Wisco Sports Show record and say that I think it's worse than the Herschel Walker trade. This is worse. This is worse. And I wasn't around for the Herschel Walker trade in 89. Read through it. I know who and what was involved. I'm going to speak in generalities. Herschel Walker was really good, and he played the most valuable position in that era of football, other than quarterback, right? Maybe more valuable. I mean, look at the 2004 draft. When Aaron Rodgers was taken, there were a couple of running backs off the board before Rodgers. Would never happen today. So maybe even more valuable than quarterback. The Vikings felt like they were on the doorstep. Okay, they went for it, right? The Rams did that last year. We celebrated them for it because it worked out, even though it probably shouldn't have. Then Walker aged, wasn't as good anymore. Uh, and then he turned his political career. Rudy Gobert, on the other hand, doesn't play a position of value in this day and age. We have plenty of evidence that his impact is lessened, I would say, in the biggest moments. And he's difficult to play with. Guys don't like playing with him. And the Wolves did it anyways. And they gave up an insane amount. I, I just I, I just love to get in a room with Minnesota's brain trust and give them all a truth pill. And I was like, what did you guys see this offseason when you made that trade? Well, what were you going for? I'm no expert here. I'm, I'm no personnel man. I'm no scout. I'm no general manager. I, I just watch games. Silly me. Uh, I, and I knew that this was a terrible idea. We all did. This is so obvious to everyone who watches basketball. This is a terrible idea. I don't get it. The Wolves suck. That trade, I think, is worse than the Herschel Walker trade. Let's talk about the Bucks. They played last night, beat the Cavs. Maybe the best win of the year, all things considered. No Drew Holiday. No Chris Middleton still. No Pat Connaughton still. No Wesley Matthews. No Grace Allen. They didn't have a backcourt. A.J. Green last night. No, the other A.J. Green. He played 15 minutes. Jordan Wara played 29 minutes. If you told me that yesterday, oh my God. I was like, well, I, I might not even watch that game. Giannis almost had a triple-double. He had 16, 12, and 8, but only 16 points. And the Bucks won this game easily, running away. What a, running away. The Bucks had a six-man bench. They had Wara, Mamu, A.J. Green, Old Man Serge Ibaka, Thanasis, and George Hill. They won this game going away because Brooke Lopez went nuclear. It's not because Bobby Portis had a big game. He's working through some stuff early in the season. It's not because Giannis went nuclear. He's working through some stuff. I thought Frank Madden, who started Brew Hoop, tweeted this out last night, put out a good point. Giannis is shooting one of 21 outside the restricted area of the last three games. His jumper, his floater, none of it's working. He's getting to the rim, but nothing else is working. It's not like Giannis is cooking right now. Last night, Brooke Lopez went nuclear. What did he have, 27, 29? He had 29 points. He had seven threes. <laughs> oh, my God. And dare I say, and this is maybe the biggest takeaway from last night. I'm still shaking my head in disbelief. Jordan Wara played winning basketball. It's not just that he scored, which he did. He had 21 points. He made winning plays. He played a winning brand of basketball. It's not something that shows up in the box score. It's not something that's quantified, I don't think, even in advanced metrics. You just see it when you watch, and you're like, man, there's Wara in the right spot, making the right pass, playing at the right speed. It was really impressive. Except for a turnover at the end of the half and the end of the third quarter when he had the ball and just kind of like let the clock run out. But other than that, 
A lot of winning plays last night. And he could have scored 21. He could have scored 25, 30 points. But if he hadn't have played the winning brand of basketball that he played last night, and if he hadn't made winning plays, the Bucks aren't winning last night. And they did comfortably, even missing a ton of free throws. They shot 15 of 27 from the free throw line. Oh, my God. God. They still won this game going away. That's really impressive. Bochamp makes a lot of winning plays, too. Bochamp's been doing that. He has been doing that. Nora maybe did it last night for the first time ever, and it was really impressive. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Get into the Packers, because they play the Titans in a few hours. But that Bucks game was big and great for the vibes, and the team needed some good vibes because they're just starved. No one's healthy right now. So I'm glad we're able to talk about a win over the very good Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's take a break. Three minutes. We'll transition into the Packers. Look forward to Thursday night football against the Titans coming up in a few hours. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Nice to hang out at the NBA Lounge to talk about a really good Bucks win last night. Did not expect them to win that game. In fact, I thought maybe I'd stop watching at halftime. I was like, oh, they don't have a they didn't have a backcourt. No Pat Connaughton, no Drew Holiday. No Grayson Allen, no Wesley Matthews. And you're going against Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, who are elite scorers at point guard and at shooting guard, however they're lining up. I I don't know how they won last night. Brooke Lopez is unbelievable, and he's having an unbelievable start to the season. And I guess he should be. He rested most of last year. He's recovering from a back surgery, so he's fresh. Legs are fresh. Not a lot of miles from last year. Very similar to what Al Horford had last year after missing the previous year. In Oklahoma City, and we've talked about that a little bit, but really impressive Bucks win. We don't need to dwell on it. We can move on to Packers-Titans coming up in a few hours. I got a text here. Was it Curtis in Sparta? Who texted in was asking if tonight's game is on Amazon Prime? Yes, it is. So prepare. Get ready. Get a free trial. Sign up for a month. Ask uh, a, a child, a grandchild. Ask your mom, dad. Ask your priest. Ask whoever. Someone you know has Amazon Prime. And if you don't, just get it for one month. It'd be like less than 10 bucks to watch the Packers and the Titans tonight. If you're a big Packers fan, 10 bucks is nothing. I'll spend, I spent 10 bucks at Quick Trip today. Just buy it. We have these weird mental barriers about what we can and can't pay for. It's on Amazon Prime. You get to hear Al Michaels. It's fun. 608-796-2558. You can text and call the show and you can tweet me. At Wisco Grant. We talked a lot about coaching. Let's talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense versus the Titans defense that is very, very good. Held Patrick Mahomes in check last week. Held Russell Wilson in check. Not that that's saying much. But the defense is really, really good. They're sticky on the back end. They're well coached. They hold up in man coverage, which is why they defend Kansas City really, really well. They have disciplined safeties and disciplined corners that are movable. And then they have linebackers that are movable. Linebackers that can drop into coverage, that can blitz. They're moving around at the snap. They line up one way and then they switch around right after the ball is snapped. And they force the quarterback to then adjust, force everyone to adjust. It's a a really, really well-coached brand of defense. And if you want to learn more and you really want to get more into it, we have a little bit of time before the game. I would recommend you read Ben Solak's piece at The Ringer. Some film clips and some examples and some diagrams. I'm not a film junkie by any means. I had to read it twice to really kind of 
absorb some of these things. But the Titans' defense is really impressive, and I understand why they're successful. I'll do my best to paraphrase. So Jim Schwartz is there now as a defensive senior assistant, and it's very clear that some of his principles that we saw with the Eagles, we saw with the Lions, are now being used in Tennessee. You're lining up the defensive ends wide, 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 wide. So those edge rushers lining up at a wide angle, forcing tackles to play in space. So David Bakhtiari or Yash Nijman or whoever's playing tackle, because we probably won't know until five minutes before kickoff, right? Forcing them to play in space and work from tricky angles. Now that front, look at us learning things. I learned this yesterday. It's called a wide nine. I don't know why, but they use this wide nine look where the defensive line is not compressed. It's spread out and these edge rushers are coming in from a wide angle. That allows them to take a pretty direct path to the quarterback and really make the tackles work hard. Now, when you spread those edge rushers farther out to the sides, that means the defensive line is thinner in the middle, so bigger gaps, more space to work, right? So the Titans often need to commit extra defenders. But they don't do it in the conventional way. They keep two deep safeties. They keep playing the same coverage that the entire NFL is playing with that too high shell. It's called quarters coverage. Also something that I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn the language a little bit. So you have two corners, one on each side, two safeties. It's basically a a wall of four players. I think quarters and cover four, essentially the same thing. And every team uses different lingo. But the Titans find a way to play wide nine up front, putting their edge rushers in advantageous situations, which is why all these players go to Tennessee and have great productive edge rushing seasons. And they keep the advantage on the back end playing quarters or cover four or whatever you want to call that too high shell that keeps the lid on defenses. And you're thinking, well, how do you do both? How do you have your cake and eat it too? And this is why I had to read this article like two or three times. I'm like, wait, so you're telling me they do this, they do this. Somewhere the debt has to be paid, right, from a personnel perspective. Well, the Titans line up that way. They line up wide nine up front and they line up quarters in the back end But as soon as the ball is snapped, they're rotating. They're moving, right? As soon as the ball is snapped, they'll bring one of those high safeties down to play the run. Or they'll bring a linebacker down to play the run. Like, they're adjusting on the fly all of the time, which forces the offensive line to pick up things quickly, forces the quarterback to process things quickly because the quarterback sees one thing pre-snap. Seems pretty expected. All right, they got wide nine coverage. Edge rushers coming in. Got to get the ball out quick. Defense is playing deep. It's what we see in the NFL all the time, so we're going to have to go underneath. And then when the ball is snapped, all of a sudden the look changes. The safety moves or the linebacker drops. Something that they do a lot, too, is bring a linebacker in pressure, but then drop a defensive lineman at the same time. So the Titans defense have a really nifty habit of putting defenders into places where the quarterback is not expecting them to be. Because the quarterback thinks before the play, okay, I think I know what I'm looking at. We're looking at wide nine up front. The edge rushers on the sides got to step up into the pocket. They got a high shell quarters coverage cover four over the top to keep the lid on the defense. All right. I understand that. Maybe the linebacker blitzes got it. So when the ball is snapped and one of those safeties comes down or linebacker comes down, you think, okay, I'll just go to the area that that player just vacated because that's how it works. If you bring an extra uh, player in pressure, A lot of times, smart quarterbacks will go right at the blitz. This is why you couldn't blitz Aaron Rodgers forever or Brady, because if you bring an extra blitzer, they know that that area was vacated by the blitzer and they'll attack it. But what the Titans do such a good job of is putting players in those places quarterbacks don't expect. They'll bring a linebacker up to blitz and the quarterback will think, oh, open real estate. Well, no, 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 no. Because when that linebacker came on the blitz, a defensive lineman dropped into coverage. They're moving. There's lots of turning gears. And you need to be really well coached. And the Titans have a great coaching staff. And you need to be really technically sound. The Titans defenders 
are everything that the Packers defenders aren't. They're sound in coverage. They're instinctual. They're really good tacklers. They're really fundamentally sound. This defense is very, very hard to play against. Right? Things are always moving. Aaron Rodgers' experience and, let's say, comprehension skills are going to be really important. Rodgers is going to have to, in the middle of a play, realize, I thought it was this. It is now this. I will adjust to this. All while you have 300-pound edge rushers bearing down, maybe a linebacker flying up the middle behind an offensive line that he may or may not trust because Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are both questionable. It's a really sticky wicket. Aaron Rodgers loves to diagnose things pre-snap, but then once the ball is snapped, he's going to have to diagnose again. And then he might have to diagnose again pre, like in the middle of the play. So Rodgers' experience, and he talks about this. I've seen a lot of things over the years, had a lot of experiences, a lot of matchups. Games like this, defenses like this, pays dividends to have a quarterback that can process things and, and, and has a wealth of memory to remember, oh, yeah, that game in 2007, we played a defense that's similar to this. It pays to have that experience. So Rodgers is really going to have to be awake, alert, and ready to go. He's really like, I don't know, do you take any of those supplements? People take mushroom powder now. You've seen, I see Instagram ads for that all the time. Or uh, like on it Labs. That's Aaron Rodgers' buddy, right? Aubrey Marcus, right? Like the brain powder you take in the morning, just stuff to make you feel more alert. I take vitamin D pills. I know, look at me. I'm a, I'm a bastion of health. It makes sense to me. I Like I don't spend a lot of money on vitamins. I take vitamin D, that's it. Because I feel like we don't get enough sun. I'm not outside very often, especially this time of year. There's not enough sun. I'll, I'll take that. But I know a lot of people use, you know, brain brain boosters, mushroom powder, on it labs. Joe Rogan's got a million things he always talks about. Roger's gonna have to be on it. Pardon the pun tonight because he's gonna have to process a lot. And Christian Watson is going to have to be a very important part of this game plan because Christian Watson is gonna have to be their man beater. The Titans play man coverage. They're not going to commit extra bodies to playing zone and, and, and allowing soft spots for Aaron Rodgers. And the pack. No, 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 no. They're going to challenge the Packers to beat them in, in man. That's what they've done to the Chiefs. They did that with the Chiefs with Kelsey and Hill. I mean, Mike, Mike Vrabel's got a set of stones, but the stones are backed up by a defense that's really well coached. A lot of veterans, a lot of fundamentally sound players. Now you have Jim Schwartz, who's been around this league forever and coached really good defenses for years and years and years, all the way back to Detroit in 2014, and then the Eagles during the Super Bowl. There's just a lot of defensive acumen, and they have a lot of trust in these players. They'll play man against the Chiefs. They're certainly going to play man against the Packers. And that's going to fall on Christian Watson, because Christian Watson has the speed. He's got the traits. He's got those tangible things that make it possible for him to run by a guy, to run around a guy, to cut past a guy, to cut in and shake somebody. Christian Watson might have to be the the piercer. He might have to be the guy that cuts into a man coverage because I don't know if Lazard is fast enough. We'll see what Cobb has tonight. It looks like he's going to play. Don't know about Tunyon. This is a really intriguing matchup. Aaron Rodgers is going to be this chess master against Mike Vrabel as he gives him one look and then changes it up mid-play. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to comprehend all of this, all while working with Christian Watson, who's a rookie. But we need that speed. We need that energy. We need those tangible skills for him to get open and really be a, a worthwhile player. And I like to think of him as a, as a, like, you know, the movie Snowpiercer, the front of the train is just cutting through the snow. That's going to have to be Watson tonight. Somebody's going to have to break through, and it's going to have to be somebody with speed and size and all of those tangible traits that can beat man coverage, like Christian Watson. 608-796-2558. Let's take a break. Come back. Talk more Packers-Titans. 
I want to talk about Christian Watson. I was thinking a lot about this last night. Talked with Chris yesterday. Remember, he called in, I think, just after 5 o'clock. And we were comparing Watson to MVS. And he said, man, I, I hope the Packers learn from MVS and, you know, don't make the same mistakes. And I actually wrote that down on this piece of paper. I was like, wow, that's an interesting topic. What did we learn from having MVS on the Packers, the do's and the don'ts? And how can the Packers do Christian Watson better and put him in a better position to succeed? So that's what I want to talk about. Coming up next, Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Music's been giving me issues the last couple of days. I don't know what it was. If you were listening, was it Tuesday's show? My music wouldn't fire up at the end of the hour, so I just hummed us to break. I think we'd all like to avoid that again. So fingers crossed my music doesn't crap out on me again. Duncan Holman just messages me on Twitter throughout the show. It's just stream of consciousness. None of these thoughts are connected, but they're funny. First message is Ticketmaster cancels Taylor Swift Eras Tour general ticket sale after extraordinarily high demands. I would love to comment on that. Your company is called Ticketmaster. Now, I'm no linguist. I'm no AP literature teacher, AP English professor here, but Ticketmaster implies you are the master of tickets, correct? Figure it out, Ticketmaster. Jesus. Cheese and rice. This is your Super Bowl. Imagine if Fox came out the week before the Super Bowl and they're like, man, we just don't, we're not ready for this. There's too many people are going to watch. We, we don't have it. Sorry, guys. Can't do it. That's what Ticketmaster is doing right now. And and say one more thing on this, and I think we talked about this on Monday or Tuesday or whenever David Monona called in and gave us an all-timer. My heart hurts for the diehard Taylor Swift fans. Taylor Swift is not my thing. I'm not anti. I'm kind of indifferent. But I know if this was my favorite artist and all I wanted to do was get a nosebleed seat at an arena show just to say I went, just to, it's my favorite artist. Everyone should get to see their favorite artist at least once. That, that is a, a view I have. Call me Karl Marx. Call me a socialist. I think that is a right living in a, in a very wealthy, privileged country like ours. I think everyone should be entitled to see their favorite act once. It's something we should get to do. And I know a lot of Taylor Swift fans are struggling with that. And that is crap. Taylor Swift fans, you deserve better. Also, stop harassing every boyfriend that Taylor Swift has ever had in her life. Like, maybe we meet in the middle there. You know, you guys get your tickets and maybe you just calm down about the 27 different men that Taylor Swift has dated. Just my take, it's probably not their, it's not their fault. You can't have 27 different boyfriends. It's like, man, they were all asses. It's probably a little bit of her too, but that's not what we're talking about. Duncan Holman also says, I'm not kidding. PBR Clamato and Celery Salt is a good drink. You're darn right it is. I've really gotten into, I don't know the exact word, but when it's like a Bloody Mary, but half of it is beer. What's the word for that? It has a word. I think it's kind of a, a girly sounding word. So I'll just keep it to myself or risk a Dave and Monona call. 608-796-2558. Alec and Menominee says, who taught you cheese and rice? I thought I was the only one who knew that. Uh, well, I, actually, I know exactly who taught it to me. You are from Menominee. I know nothing about you, Alec, but maybe we know the same person. Text me who you heard it from. And if it's the same person, I don't know. We win $100 or something. But I know it was in high school. It was. It's the most random person ever. 
but let me know who taught you the expression cheese and rice. And if it's the same person, again, we're, we're just big winners. Before that last break, we were talking about Titans Packers and how the Titans play this just convoluted brand of defense. Right up front, they spread those edge rushers out wide. It's called a wide nine formation, and that's a Jim Schwartz principle, who is with the Lions, the Eagles. Now he's a senior consultant or defensive assistant. So that's present in that defense. That's a Schwartzism. And when you spread wide nine and you spread those edge rushers out, the defensive line, the gaps get bigger. It gets more porous. So natural thinking is, well, you got to bring a safety up. You got to bring a linebacker up. You have to give up something to spread those edge rushers out. Well, the Titans don't really. They stay in wide nine and they keep the lid on the defense with quarters coverage or cover four. I believe those are the same thing. If there's a football coach listening, please correct me. 608-796-2558. But it's the common defense. It's the common back end formation that the entire league basically is using. Two high safeties, two corners playing back. It's quarters coverage or cover four. You're keeping a lid on the defense. The Titans have their cake up front, and then they eat it, too, by keeping that shell on the defense. The thing is, they're always moving. They're always adjusting on the fly. So when the ball is snapped, they're often moving into a different look right away, whether it be a safety coming down, a linebacker coming up, a defensive lineman dropping. They're always moving. So the look pre-snap and the look at the snap might change two seconds into the play. So Aaron Rodgers' processing is going to have to be sharp. He's going to have to see and react and see and react and see and react all night long. So his experience and his processing skills is going to be huge in winning this game and converting on offense and avoiding turnovers because what the Titans do really well, the Titans put defenders in places where the quarterback shouldn't expect a defender, right? Something they love to do, bring a linebacker on a blitz. And while they bring the linebacker, drop a defensive lineman because I think so many quarterbacks, their instinct is when there's a blitz, Well, that blitzer had to come from somewhere. They are no longer there, so we're going to attack there. Well, if a linebacker blitzes up the middle and at the same time a defensive lineman drops back, you would never expect a defensive lineman to be in that zone. So I think a guard drops in the mind of a quarterback saying, well, linebacker just came from there. That space is open, throw it over the middle, and all of a sudden you throw a lollipop interception, an easy interception to a defensive lineman. So a lot of different factors to pay attention to with this Mike Vrabel, Jim Schwartz coach defense. Christian Watson is going to be huge. He's your man beater. He's the guy that needs to free himself and get open against man coverage. And it's his speed that does that. 6-5-4-3. That's not coachable. That's not practicable. That's just you have it or you don't. You're that tall or you're not. You're that fast or you're not. He's MVS, right? Same height, same speed. They're the same player, Okay. And I know Chris called in yesterday and took his victory. He said, well, I, you know, and I'm not calling out Chris here. I would do this to any caller. He's like, well, I remember saying earlier this year that MVS and him are the same player. It's like, well, yeah, Chris, but they're the same height and they're the same speed. They are the same player. Like That's, that's not a guess. You're just, I don't know. You're just playing. So again, not to call out, not to call out Chris, but yeah, they're the same player. I want the Packers to use, to use Christian Watson better than they used MVS because I think MVS Similar to Amari Rogers, honestly, or Ty Montgomery, or a lot of these wide receivers, I think if you played MVS's Packers career 10 times, I think the version that we got was one of the worst outcomes or one of the poorer outcomes, maybe one of the median outcomes. But I think there was a, a way better universe for the Packers and MVS. I think he struggled with drops early on, and the Packers did not help him at all because they kept sending him deep. They're like, well, you got 4-3 speed. We're going to let you take the top off a of defense. Well, guess what? For a player that struggles with confidence and with drops, 
like 40 yards down the field, catching the ball over the shoulder is really hard. It's really hard to get confidence back when anytime you're throwing the ball, you got to catch it out of the sky 40, 50 yards down the field. That's really hard to do. They didn't run MVS on normal routes enough for my liking, whether it be slants or the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, who's a different body type, but also very fast. They'd get him the ball in space and let him run after the fact. Catch, then run. That speed works both ways. That speed can be used with the ball in the hands of the wide receiver, not just before the catch. And the Packers never really did that. It drove me nuts. It was so annoying. And I don't want to see them make the same mistakes with Christian Watson. Give him some cupcakes. Give him some lollipops. Give him some easy, catchable balls to work with. They never did that with MVS, and I think it took him longer to get going than it should have for that reason. Let's talk to Andy in Altoona, 608-796-2558. What's up, Andy? Hey, like most Packer fans, I'm excited about with how we're going to use Watson, but I'm excited for another reason. I'm rocking oh. my 85 jersey today. Oh, I think it's going to open up the middle of the field for Bob. For sure. Bob, we haven't really heard much of Robert Tunyon this season. He's just been kind of there. At some point, he's got to get a boost of confidence because he's coming back from that knee. At some point, he's got to start feeling great and really have a bust-out game, right? Well, and I'm thinking with Watson going deep, you know, you get those, you get that those safeties dropping back, that's going to open the middle of the field for, for Tunyon. So if he can find some open space, I'm looking for him all game today. I hope so. He's one guy who doesn't drop the ball. Right, that's why Rodgers loved him. I think, and he broke out two years ago. Is he might not be fast or bigger? He's not the type of Jermichael Finley or some of these elite tight ends, but he's where he's supposed to be, and he catches the ball, which you can't always say for the rest of this wide receiving core. Absolutely, he runs. He runs a good route. He's not quick, you know. I mean, he's not as slow as Richard Rodgers was, but yeah. you know, he gets out there. He's a big body, and if he can get behind the linebackers, look out. He's gonna. He's gonna eat up some yards tonight. Uh, oh, I hope so. I really hope so. Well, Andy, I like your Tunyon prediction. Do you have a score prediction while we're while we're laying it on the line? Oh, it's probably going to be 27-13 Packers, something like that. 27-13. I agree with that. I think that's a good prediction. I'll jump on and I'm going to steal that. Thanks, Andy. Enjoy the game tonight. Yep. Yeah, you too, Grant. Thanks. Yeah, that's our guy, Andy and Altoona. Go Rails! Love Altoona. 608-796-2558. Chris Texton, he was listening. <laughs> He says, whoa, now, I said MVS is Watson's floor. Yeah, I think the floor could easily be raised by the Packers if they just stop throwing him bombs every single time. Like, try something else. Do something different. Like, give him some lollipop. Give him some easy catches. Run a slant. I know that's, I'm being a little basic Packers fan because anytime the offense isn't working, Packers fans are always like, they never run slants anymore. So I don't mean to be that guy. They should bunt more often. I know the game's more complicated than that. But I, I just give him some easy ones. If he's struggling with drops, if he's drug, struggling with confidence, like give him some very easy catchable balls. Let him build some rhythm. Let him get something going. Let's take one more call before we go to break. Excuse me, 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Jack in Madison. Jack in Madison. What's up, Jack in Madison? Hey, love the show. Oh, thanks. Uh, first time caller. Yeah. Um, just want to piggyback off of what the last caller said. I really do think that this is going to be a big game for the big receivers for the Packers. Um, the Titans secondary, a little smaller, and I think if uh, Rodgers can put the trust in them, give some of these guys some jump balls that the Packers might have a uh, pretty good chance 
in the passing game that way if they can keep the running game consistent. Yeah. How do we use Randall Cobb tonight? Because apparently he's going to be back. What's his role in all of this, do you think? I would love to see Randall roll out some crossing routes. I think if you get this defense going laterally, you keep them on it. That's probably all I can see old Randy boy doing at this point right now. He's got he's to get himself back into the group. This is how I see it. And you cut out there for a sec, so I missed part of what you said. This is how I see it. Christian Watson is the first look. He's the guy who's designed to beat the defense and hopefully runs past somebody with the speed. But if he doesn't get open, then the play breaks down. Then we look to Randall Cobb, who just has that innate instinct to find a spot and make himself available for Aaron Rodgers. That's how I see his role kind of being tonight, security blanket guy. I like that. I, I could definitely see that. Well, really hoping that they can put it together and get another W. Uh, two in a row would be a great morale boost uh, coming up with the schedule. So we got some tough games. Yeah, they need to build a little juice. Well, Jack and Madison, you should stop by Monks and Sun Prairie for a live in-person version of Kenny and Heilprin tonight. That's what I'd be doing if I were you. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll try to make it down there. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, that's our new friend. First time caller. We love that. Jack and Madison. By the way, I'm looking at a video that the Packers tweeted out 41 minutes ago. Mason Crosby, Pat O'Donnell, and Jack Coco, the long snapper, showed up in camo and blaze orange to the game. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's good stuff. Tip of the cat to those gentlemen. Tip of the cap. Uh, well done. I, I appreciate that. That's good stuff. Let's take one more call before break. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Yeah, this is Joe in Waukesha. How are you? Joe in Waukesha. I don't think we have a Waukesha caller. Hell yeah, it's like Pokemon. We're trying to get somebody from everywhere. I'm doing good, Joe. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Hell yeah. Hey, I think we're talking a lot about the offense, but um, what's your thoughts on Clay Walker? I don't know. I feel like we've seen good flashes. I don't. I don't know. I. I, I think we need to see more because we've seen good and we've seen bad. But that's what you expect from a rookie, right? I, I think the bummer is the defense around him hasn't been as good as I've expected. So he's like been asked to do actual things and have responsibilities. Which coming into the year, I was thinking, well, he won't be asked to do too much because there's all pros all everywhere on the defense, and that hasn't been the case. You know, every time I watch him, he's either going laterally or he's going backwards or he's standing still mm. he doesn't attack the hole where the runner is going to be going it's not like he can read the offensive line and fill a hole and make a tackle you know, he's always dragging guys down from behind mm. and so, so he's being that's a recipe for disaster tonight yeah oh yeah especially yeah so he's being reactive instead of proactive okay i, I like that take we exactly. talk, yeah we, let's talk more about that in the defense with derrick henry coming up i'm sorry joe i, I gotta take a break because i gotta get one more break in here for the hour thank you for the call and call back sometime all right catch you later yeah have a good one joe in waukesha yeah got someone from the shaw that's yes we love that let's take a break come back in three minutes talk more about the packers defense on the wisco sports show this is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. New callers. We love that. Jack in Madison. Joe in Waukesha. Love it. 
Packers-Titans. I'm fired up for this game. I feel great about the Packers. This is as excited as I've been about the Packers game. Uh, maybe since the Patriots game, when I thought they were going to roll them for 50 points or something ridiculous. Should have known that wasn't going to happen. couple of housekeeping items, uh, because we have some reorganizing. Reorganizing. Yeah, that's the word I meant. Uh, coming up in a few minutes here at 5 o'clock. So our listeners in the cross at 580. WKTY, the mighty K. Packers are going to be taken over because the Packer pregame starts at 5. So if you want to keep listening to the show, you can. Uh, you're probably going to have to listen to the stream of our Eau Claire station. Sports Talk 105.1 WAYY because Madison is dropping off because they got Kenny and Heilprin coming up. So we have some reorganizing to do. So if you want to keep listening in lacrosse, you can, but you got to find a stream. And if you want to keep listening in Madison, you can, but you got to find a stream. But I'm not going to fault you for listening to the Packers pregame. Love Packers pregame. And I'm not going to fault you for listening to Kenny and Halpern because those two guys kick ass. And they're really good at breaking down Badgers football, which is something that admittedly is not my strongest suit. They're at Monks in Sun Prairie. So if you're driving around like Jack, our guy in Madison, go down to Monks. Say hi. Have a beer. Listen to them do the show. They're probably going to have some big wig badger names there. So maybe you get to, you know, meet some cool badgers people. Um, and again, in lacrosse, if you want to listen to the Packers, I'm not going to blame you. Uh, we can catch up tomorrow and, and have plenty of time to talk tomorrow about the Packer game, and it'll be fun. There's one other housekeeping thing that I wanted to share, but now I'm getting a brain fart. Well, whatever. At the very least, you can always catch the podcast tomorrow, whatever you missed. But for those of you who might be uh, departing us for another broadcast, thank you for your time, for being here as long as you would. But you can follow us on the stream as well. I will tweet out a link at Wisco Grant on Twitter if you want to keep streaming, but you don't know how do it there. Otherwise, Kenny and Halpern's great. Packers pregame, the Green Bay Packers Radio Network. Not going to fault you for that. Coming up next, uh, a couple of texts and comments about uh, a beer that is half Bloody Mary, half beer. Uh, I feel like we need to address that. And also <laughs> a message from Duck that just made me laugh. And uh, root of uh, an expression between me and a listener. We'll get to all that. Talk more Packers. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. Mary.